0: Welcome back everyone. I'm Cass Fianci. I'm joined as usual by my partner in crime, Mr. Bennett Tomlin. How are you? Oh, I'm doing um well
1: it's a day. Today's today's been wild.
0: How are you, Cass? I'm I'm doing I'm doing well. I woke up to a shitstorm. Um I think it has been uh an insane an insane two days, an insane one day, an insane week. I don't even really know how to express how crazy this has all been. Um it- it's been
1: really, really like an absurd, like three to four days. Like it, it was the weekend. The weekend broke everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and get started. I, I, I obviously, we are t- uh, talking about FTX, Alameda. Um, as I've stated, uh, we we didn't get a chance to. We did. We recorded an episode on this. Uh, we didn't get a chance to put it out there uh, because this all unraveled too fast. Um, but <laughs> but we previously were talking about this, and I specifically said, as uh, FTX and Alameda are the same company, as far as I'm concerned. They are not separate. I know that this is a um, a buyout from Binance. We're talking about a buyout from Binance for, for FTX. That is not Alameda. Alameda is a separate company. Um, but let's let's get into the let's get into the the weeds here. So so Bennett, yeah. w- what's happening?
1: Let's go back to the beginning, the thing we already recorded an episode on last week that I haven't been able to edit yet because now everything's collapsing, which is that Alameda Research, the Sam Bankman-Fried-founded Quantitative Trading Venture Capital and Market Making Crypto Investment Fund, had part of their balance sheet end up in the hands of Coindesk, who ran a report that showed that a huge portion of the assets on Alameda Research's balance sheet were FTX token, and that not only that, but the amount of FTX token on their balance sheet, they were valuing at 130% of what coin market cap had as the market cap for all of FTX token. So not only did they have their balance sheet dominated by this one asset, which is from this exchange founded by their co-founder. like. It was also overvalued. They thought their supply was worth more than the rest of all, worth more than all of FTX token in existence, which is an absurd place to be in. The other thing it revealed that was that as of June 30th, Alameda Research had about uh, $7.4 billion in loans out and that much of their other assets was also relatively illiquid. They had $2 billion in equity securities of unknown liquidity and like a hundred million dollars in cash and cash equivalents, along with $3 billion of crypto held, which was broken out from the FTT because FTX token obviously isn't crypto. It's a security. Wait. Um, <laughs> but continuing on, uh, yeah. So this report came out last week and then things got gradually worse. Um cz announced that binance was going to be selling their supply of ftx
0: well hold on you're skipping one step here because i actually want to give some credit to a previous guest of ours mike burgersberg um, who came on to talk with us about celsius put out a piece that basically questioned the solvency of of ftx and alameda that basically said look they've got all this collateral they've got all this all these liabilities And, and it's against their own token. All of this is a liquid. If they try to sell any of it, they're screwed. And basically, the response to this from whether it was SBF or uh, the other Sam who used to work there, um, Trabuco, Trabuco, everyone at Alameda was basically writing this off, Alameda and FTX writing this off, or former employees writing this off as as nonsense. uh, And saying like, Oh, gosh, this is there's zero research done on this. It's baloney. Well, Turns out Mike was right, um, and uh, yeah, everyone had a good reason to question the solvency. Clearly, because what we saw today is that, and and I want to caveat this because we we aren't sure what we saw today, but from what we can tell, what we saw today is that there was really some funny business going on at FTX in Alameda, and. We'll we'll get deeper into that, but now that I I push that, sorry, I want I just wanted to push no, back that, and get that, that's a name good point, Mike, Mike Burgersberg.
1: No. And yeah, Mike definitely does deserve that recognition. And I think it's valuable to point out here that one of the things he revealed about Celsius, which has since been confirmed during the bankruptcy hearings, is that they were using this cell token as like this important asset on their balance sheet in order to keep them solvent while they were in the market manipulating the price of cell token to maintain their solvency. And the amount of FTX token that Alameda has and the amount of trading Alameda does against FTX token puts you in a position where you start to wonder if they could be doing that same kind of thing. And I think there is reason to be suspicious of that today. But uh, Coindesk published this excellent report going over some of Alameda's balance sheet. Carolyn Ellison, the CEO of Alameda Research, tweeted out, that was only part of our balance sheet. We've got a bunch of secret hedges you can't see and also $10 billion in assets that also you can't see. And also we've repaid a bunch of those loans and we can't show them to you. Um, And so And then Sam came out and said kind of a similar thing where he went, FTX isn't insolvent, which is when everyone went, everyone was talking about Alameda, Sam, why are you bringing up FTX? And then he goes, FTX is the most profitable exchange per employee you will ever find. And we have gap audits. We have generally accepted accounting accounting practices audits with $1 million in cash is what he claimed just a couple days ago
0: i and i again you're skipping one pivotal tweet which i think is super important is uh carolyn ellison said uh basically trying to replicate there's a, a famous cryptocurrency oh, twitter that, moment next. oh is that after this yes okay so yes. after this after what you just discussed carolyn ellison in what i assume was essentially a shit post we don't know um but a I while ago a post. sam some trader was saying Solana is going to, I think it was to three dollars or something, or like was going to go to nothing, was going to go to zero. And Sam said something along the lines of, "I'll buy all the Solana you have right now for three dollars." This was this was when it was below three dollars. Ultimately, Solana went way. I think it's still trading far above that. But um, regardless, Sam basically completely destroyed this guy's argument, saying like, "I'll just buy it from you right now, and then you'll feel bad." Um, and it seemed like Carolyn was doing something similar, where she said, in response to, to CZ saying, I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell all, all I'm going to unwind months of liquidity, months worth of liquidity is how he spe- specified it. He said he can't unwind this position for months, which, by the way, if you actually are trying to unwind this position, you do not tell publicly that it's going to take you months to unwind your illiquid position. You don't do that, period. So, I think CZ was definitely seizing the moment and uh, trying to cause a run. And it worked. And in response, Carolyn, Carolyn said, I'll buy all the FTT you have right now for $22. Unfortunately, that it didn't work the way it worked when Sam said it about Solana and said it to a random trader. Carolyn was saying this to, or Caroline, Caroline. Caroline was saying this to the largest... The, the owner of the largest cryptocurrency exchange, period. So who has hundreds of millions of dollars of FTT. And so the, the question was, why did she specify $22? Instead of everyone thinking, oh, she's just shit posting and this is funny. Everyone was like, um, so what's going on with the $22? And suddenly it seemed like maybe that was specific. Because it was trading above 22 at that moment, I believe, or like, right around 22. And it was like, well, if you're so confident, why wouldn't you offer 25 or 30 or something like, right, you're offering right where it's at, right now. And everyone was like, this seems odd, because she's in charge of trading at Alameda, and and the head of Alameda. And this didn't feel right. So can Yeah, can we talk about why? Yeah.
1: Oh, I think we absolutely need to talk about this. So as you mentioned, CZ announced that he was going to be liquidating the FTT token position. He had this massive position that he still had from back when Binance was an equity investor in FTX. Because Binance was like the first equity investor in FTX. Um, And they had now decided... We need to de-risk everyone. This is a risky thing we're holding is what they told the market and we're going to be selling all of it. Just dumping it all, which again, like you said, is not what you do if you actually want to like quietly and gently exit that position. Because CZ wanted violence. Uh, And so (laughs) what ended up happening is he announced he was going to liquidate this. Like he said, Carolyn is like, we want to purchase it at $22. We'll make sure you don't have an impact on the market if that's really what you want, because that's clearly not what he wanted, right? Like CZ was signaling he wanted to have an impact on the market while saying he didn't. So Carolyn's like, if you actually don't, here's your out. Um, And instead he started dumping and Alameda didn't have enough liquidity to keep it above $22. And so it ended up plummeting to, it was like, it dropped like, what, to like $14 14. or something this morning? Yeah, massive plummet. Um, And the reason this is important, and the reason the $22 was important, is because part of the FTT on Alameda's balance sheet, even on the reports Coindesk got, was FTT collateral, meaning it was being used to collateralize loans. And so $22 or thereabouts was probably the liquidation point for Alameda Research or FTX or someone. Someone had a liquidation point that got a little uncomfortable there. And so they spent much of the night moving a whole bunch of assets all over trying to get themselves in a position where they wouldn't be liquidated, and they seem to have gotten it. And at that point, they let the price plummet from $22 down to 14 or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, and since then, a bunch of withdrawals got shut down at FTX. That's the next stage. At 10.59 a.m. UTC this morning, ERC-20, Solana withdrawals, and Tron withdrawals were all shut off at FTX for no clear reason.
0: I so, so I just want to, for anyone who's, this is, uh, anyone who's not trading or hasn't been here for years, this is always the fear. This is always the fear on any exchange is when they halt withdrawals without saying like, oh, we're taking it down because we're going to do maintenance. Or we're taking it down temporarily, like announcing it ahead of time, whatever, right? Like, that's fine. What's not fine is suddenly you can't withdraw anything. And this has happened, you and I have seen this happen a lot because we've been following this space for a while. This is always what you fear. And when this happens, you, the, right, the right question is why? And I think this is, this is boiling, we're getting right to this right now, which is the funny business seems like it had to do with customer funds. Yes.
1: So I think we need to be very explicit here. It should be impossible for there to be a run on the bank for an exchange. Customer assets should always be held one-to-one completely and segregated from your corporate funds. There should only be lending of customer funds when customers have explicitly opted into lending programs to earn yield. There should be zero lending of any other funds. When Sam, FTX, CZ and Binance announced this acquisition they described it as FTX reaching out to Binance for help because they had a liquidity crunch. This is the biggest red flag because it should not be possible for FTX to not have the assets.
0: Where was the money? And this is another one. I, I, I want to thank Adam Cochran, who's famous for doing his uh, very long Twitter threads. Um, but I, I want to thank him for calling attention to all of this as well, which was a um, I think a lot of people have been looking at like the Ether wallets and wondering, "Hey, you guys don't seem to have any segregated wallets. What what the hell is up with that?" And for anyone who's unfamiliar, let's talk about segregated wallets, cold wallets, hot wallets, the difference between all those and why that matters in 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 the case of FTX and Alameda.
1: So, generally, an exchange will have a hot wallet that is taking that is sending out withdrawals. Often this hot wallet will also be used to bring in deposits and will then be topped off from the cold wallet, which is air-gapped, not connected to the internet, rarely touched and meant to be secured, often by like multi-signatures or things like that to keep those assets separate. The hot wallet, because it's being very often used for withdrawals, is connected to the internet, is therefore at somewhat higher risk. I spent several hours yesterday digging through breadcrumbs and ether scan, going through all the known Alameda and FTX addresses, trying to figure out where the cold wallet was for FTX, and I was unsuccessful. The wallets we were able to identify between like the ones Adam posted, Larry Cermak posted, you identified, it turned out that the amount of Ethereum represented in those was all basically being offered for sale on the exchange. Like 98% of the total Ethereum we were able to be found was currently being like asked for on the exchange, which suggests either a larger portion of the reserves are unidentified or not appropriately stored, or there was someone doing a large amount of spoofing on the exchange. Neither of those are good. The worst case here that like seems to be the implication with the liquidity crunch and with the things going on is that FTX lent customer deposits. I think the most likely counterparty for that would be Alameda Research and possibly FTX Ventures. But it's a very troubling implication.
0: I don't. I, I hope that people understand why this is troubling. But I, I just to be further explicit here. The the implication, and we can't be sure of this. We don't know for sure until we see what what happens with this. You know, uh, I also want to mention this is a uh, uh, their this purchase agreement is non-binding, and that could be really bad for FTX be. and SBF. It it could be.
1: I I think the implication of CZ going. FTX reached out to us for this help and described this problem to us is that CZ's going, FTX had a problem. We now know about it. We're getting them for cheap because of it. And in re- and in exchange, we're no longer going to destroy them.
0: <laughs> I, but see, that's where I maybe th- This is non-binding. Like, right? This sure. is what I'm, I'm trying to make this clear to everybody. This is a non-binding agreement. CZ can walk away from it, and FTX could be absolutely ruined, and SPF can be in a lot of trouble. And that depends on what CZ and, uh, and the due diligence team over at Binance find. And we have, we have no idea what they're going to find. We have no yeah. idea right now. I am not suggesting that he's not going to buy it. I don't know what's going to happen, but it is non-binding, and that means he doesn't have to.
1: Yeah, no, it's certainly true. And we've seen even SBF use non-binding letters of intent and like deals with performance guarantees and stuff that get his total exposure way down throughout this crypto bear market. And so it's it's almost expected at this point. I do think that like the type of customers FTX has, the name recognition FTX has in the U.S. because of all of their advertising. Not the same. Not the same. Stadium naming rights.
0: FTX US, not the same as FTX. That is what that is specifically what SBF said in that tweet thread that FTX that sure. that they are I what again who what? knows how true any of this is who knows what yeah. ends up happening my, my, but. my
1: broader point is I think the customer relationships with FTX International which is way larger than FTX and that customer data that FTX has will be valuable enough to CZ that he will eventually get some kind of deal through but he has backed out before he backed out on the Forbes deal after making a big deal out of that so we'll see
0: I think I think the question really becomes, will it hurt him more to take over FTX or hurt him more to pass on this deal? That that is all that it really that's all this really amounts to. Yeah. He's deciding how hard he would get hurt if he passed on this deal and let it just die, because it would absolute. these are all systemic risks we're talking about. This is not a new term for us. We've been talking about systemic risks for a long time. We've talked about how these exchanges failing is a serious It's a serious Black Swan event. This is not, this doesn't mean like, oh, okay, well, it'll, it'll be a day. Everything will be back on track tomorrow. Like the fact FTX was likely using customer funds to fund Alameda. This is no joke. This is no joke. And it's going to have serious ramifications.
1: You're absolutely right. And one of those like serious ramifications that I think is like worth drawing attention to is the fact that, uh sam bankman fried was the second largest biden-, biden donor was like the second largest donor in the democratic primaries and has been so active on capitol hill pushing really poorly thought through legislation advancing poorly thought through candidates doing a whole bunch of poorly thought through things but his face has been one of the most recognizable and has become one of the most trusted in dc and suddenly all of those relationships, everyone in DC who had started to become convinced by SPF that perhaps crypto did deserve some regulatory consideration, some additional space, is now going to look at it and go, oh. That was purchased by the CZ guy, the guy we're investigating for violating sanctions, the guy we're investigating for. That's a little uncomfortable. And wait, this is the guy who purchased all those lending platforms and tried to purchase all those lending platforms that were failing and hurting people? That's not great. So I think that crypto lobbyists and like crypto efforts in D.C. just reached a serious wall that they were not expecting as one of the most like scrutinized entities in crypto by regulators. Binance is now purchasing what was previously one of the more trusted and legitimate entities in the United States cryptocurrency space.
0: Yeah, there's a couple things I want to touch on there, but the first one, and I think you'll you you might have something to say about this because we've discussed it before. But I think everybody's talking about this like, oh, it's a big W for Binance, big F for Sam, and you know, whatever, customers are probably going to get hurt regardless, right? Okay, but I think people are forgetting that FTT was, like you said, seemingly a security for FTX, right? The FTX token, like pretty much that's what it seems to be. I, I'm not a lawyer to be clear. Neither, but am I, not, neither of us are like lawyers. It, it looks right. like it. <laughs> right, it sure does. It, if it If it looks quacks and uh, feels like a security, it probably is. Which means that the purchaser of FTX, CZ and Binance, have their own FTT token, and it's called BNB. And it trades for a very high value right now. And I think we're talking about the same concept where people go, oh, but that can't happen to this. I mean, they're liquid. CZ is smart. He's It's the number one exchange in the world. What could go wrong? I, who knows what could go wrong? Who knows? Who I, knows what could go wrong? Maybe nothing. Maybe they're right. But it sure feels like the same exact setup. So we'll see. We'll see. And now everything has gotten centralized, which shocking, right? Just absolutely shocking that there could be all the liquidity on one platform now. I I don't know. Things like this, I start thinking about it and I go, man, this makes it so easy for law enforcement to do whatever they want. I mean, it. it
1: I, I don't think easy is necessarily right. Like, Binance has clearly developed a pretty solid strategy of how to avoid, frustrate, and infuriate most law sure. enforcement, right? They haven't been shut down, things like that. But it, the number of people you need to go after, after to meaningfully, like, hurt cryptocurrency did just go down. Because Binance has been the largest exchange for a while. And I think sometimes people don't recognize, like, how much bigger... Binance is than a lot of these other exchanges like Binance's volume compared to FTX I think was like 10 times more or something like that and we can talk about Binance's wash trading and some of the other issues that might affect those numbers but there is legitimately meaningfully more liquidity on Binance than FTX regardless of what the actual numbers are and now he's going to Take over FTX. Coinbase can't make money and is burning $500 million a quarter. Kraken's uh, volumes keep shrinking. Gemini's volumes, I believe, are shrinking. Does like, anyone even
0: think about Gemini anymore? Give me a break.
1: I, I know. real, like, Legitimately, yes. And Justin Sun bought out uh, Huobi. And polo, and polo. Justin Sun didn't, but definitely did buy out Huobi through uh, the capital management firm. We can all pretend he doesn't, but you can tell what he actually did by what he tweets about. Um, And so, yeah, this puts CZ in a now even more powerful place in the cryptocurrency industry. And so you could argue that, like, going after CZ, shutting down Binance and any related subsidiaries, and then going after the Tether Gang or something like that, destroys the liquidity in the system, right? And so, like... It, there is a play where if law enforcement, if regulators wanted to, which I've not seen evidence that they do want to wanted to like seriously try to hamper cryptocurrency, they could. And you're right. This does make it easier.
0: Yeah, I I, I also want to I know that this is a more of a personal statement and a, and a little bit off what we're discussing right now, but I will say that this is now three times like so initially i would say um i i don't know most most skeptics and critics probably weren't huge fans of the so-called super cycle theory proposed by three arrows capital which was this did you see he's back i did he tweeted again yeah good morning he's fucking
1: tweeting what the fuck
0: gm everybody um yeah well i mean what does he have to fear who knows where he is he's either in switzerland or uae i mean he's fine Anyway, I think not many critics and skeptics believed the so-called super cycle, which uh, for anyone that's not familiar, good, good. I'm happy for you. But um, the concept was more or less just like it's like the it's like the stock to flow. It's like it can only go up. Bitcoin can only go up. It, it, it can never go down that th- we're entering the new super cycle. I think their prediction was 100K. Um, and so I, that, that was baloney. Crit- critics and skeptics were calling it out as baloney years ago. And then we have Doquan saying that his algorithmic stablecoin, you know, through sophisticated language, uh, Do Kwon basically just fooled people into thinking that he created a, a perpetual motion machine. Um, and lo and behold, critics and skeptics said, that's bullshit. And it failed. Um, and now a lot of critics and skeptics and others calling out SBF, calling out these exchanges, and. For a long time this is not new like calling these guys out for trading against customers saying it sure does seem like ftx and alameda are super close and tight and that's weird um and other critic criticisms and have been told how stupid we are have been told like well these these guys are super rich you're you guys are fucking dumb um you guys don't have money like they do you're just you're just talking you're just commentators um Wait, wait. Sorry, sorry. Just pausing for a
1: moment. And just to be clear, there's Alameda Research, which is a cryptocurrency market maker, quantitative trading and venture capital fund. There's also FTX Ventures, which also supposedly operates independently. FTX, FTX US, now Binance, Binance US, the rest of Binance subsidiaries across a bunch of other countries, Binance Ventures, Binance Labs. The conflicts of interest are so blatant and so so obvious. And like we've talked about it before with like Tether as well. Juan Carlo de and Silvano Di Stefano, the CFO and CIO of Tether, respectively, are partners in a cryptocurrency hedge fund, Bluebit Capital. JL Vanderveld, the CEO of both Bitfinex and Tether, is the executive director of a Hong Kong-based venture capital firm. All of these idiots are conflicted. All of these idiots are trading against you. All of these idiots are trying to take advantage of you idiots. Not you idiots, our audience, the idiots in cryptocurrency. The people listening to us are unique and smart.
0: (laughs) I also want to say I don't want to give credit to the person because I don't know if he would be comfortable with it. But we had a friend of ours reach out to us a while ago and suggest that market makers and Alameda and other people were basically insolvent insofar as they were taking equity in a bunch of low cap illiquid garbage. And he and he was telling us, like, if anything happens, there's going to be serious issues with their liquidity like this. This is I think this was two years ago something like that two three years ago and, and again I'm not gonna name him but this is somebody who like is familiar with trading firms was interacting with them trying to get market makers to work with the company he was working for and he was saying they were all offering they were saying sure we'll market make for you if you give us 20% equity if you give us 30% equity like absurd numbers obscene numbers for a completely a liquid company like you're you're banking on something going awfully right in those situations. And I think uh, he he ended up not using them because he didn't trust those those numbers. He thought they were insane. But like, this is not new. This shouldn't surprise. I think people who have been we're not we don't trade. We don't talk to these um, chop shops and trading firms like that's not we don't do that. But plenty of people in the industry do. And I don't think they're that surprised by this, to be quite honest with you.
1: I think that this and Three Arrows Capital were both pretty surprising. If you had asked people two weeks before they ended up happening. 3AC was,
0: 3AC was, I think that, I think that did surprise people because I think they made themselves sound so smart that everyone in the industry actually believed it. I think this, if you're trading and you're asking questions and you're following stuff on chain, you should have questions about, About FTX and Alameda. Like, this shouldn't be a 100% surprise. I think this is the discussion has been going on for over a week now. And if anyone was just utterly shocked by this, they weren't paying any attention.
1: Well, sure. But two weeks ago, two weeks ago, if you took a poll of like large traders, other hedge funds, other trading firms, and said, Do you believe that in three weeks FTX will be sold to another exchange because they'll have? they won't have sufficient liquidity to cover their withdrawals. Sure. Most people would say, no, of course not. FTX sure. is one of the best exchanges. And so even if there is still an undercurrent, of anyone can fail at any time in cryptocurrency, I don't think anyone was really expecting FTX to be the next exchange to fail. And especially since it's funny when uh, Sam a couple months ago was saying, like, some exchanges are secretly insolvent already. And that if we end up growing as we're growing, we could buy Goldman Sachs. Um Okay, Sam.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, and I and I pointed this out a few days ago. I said, there is a difference between insolvency and bankruptcy. Um, and that is true. Uh, I want, I, I'm not backtracking that. But someone said, well, that's true, but you can't be insolvent for very long. The longer you're insolvent, the likelihood of your bankruptcy goes up exponentially. And uh, I think we're seeing that play out today. Like, that is exactly what happened. And they were right. Though there is a difference between insolvency, which means you don't have enough assets to cover your liabilities, um, if that doesn't change somehow, then you are bankrupt. Um, and there you go. FTX is bankrupt. And I, we, like you said, we know why. Uh, whether we know exactly why, we don't. We don't know exactly why, but we do know why. Um, and I, I, there shouldn't even be much question about that. And, and uh, the question, though, for people now should be, how much do you trust? Your exchange, and how do you know they're not doing the exact same thing? Uh, you'd hope, you'd hope not. You'd hope Coinbase and Kraken and these other and these other, you know, binance uh, etc., would know better.
1: We have a lot of issues with bitcoin maximalists in general but i think like the key day thing they came up with and their emphasis on like self-custodying and trying to teach people like not your keys not your coins giving them to these custodial services and whatever is a risk regardless of the hypocrisy of many bitcoin maxis who then go on to endorse custodial services and give all their bitcoins these services i think that message is still a useful one and it does hammer home that when you're trusting these barely regulated or unregulated bucket shops, you are at serious risk of losing your assets. And that regardless of what the terms of service say, at some fundamental level, you're giving an unsecured loan to this third party and hoping that you'll be able to
0: get it back out. Yes. And a comment on that as well, which is that all of this started, I mean, when I started learning about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, the mantra in 2017 and 2018 that everybody was saying was don't trust, verify. Don't trust, verify. Don't trust, verify. I we don't hear it as much anymore, but, you know, constantly, constantly, everybody telling us we had to do that, that that teaches you to look on chain. That teaches you to be like, okay, I guess if I am going to be invested in this industry, then I need to abide by those rules and regulations, your personal rules and regulations, not real rules and regulations, your own of being like, I need to look and see if this is legit or not. And I think this proves time and time again that human laziness gets in the way of that. And most people just don't have the time to check e- verify every single thing. I, it's like such a discrepancy from where cryptocurrency started to where we are now, where people are like, I can't believe that Sam Bankman Freed and Three Arrows Capital lied to us. How could they? What do you mean? I, like, we've been hearing this for, for decades now. Like." This is the same thing people said about Enron. They're one of the biggest oil companies in America. Why would they be fraudulent? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. They are though. WorldCom is the second biggest telephone company in America. Why would they do fraud? I don't know. Maybe that's how they got to number two. You know, I like, I, it's, it's just, it's just mind boggling to me that people still use the idea of like, well, they have money. They must be smarter than you.
1: Well, and a point you made there, like the difference between insolvency and bankruptcy, and like we saw with Celsius with them trying to kind of hide the insolvency first by manip- well, by manipulating cell token and with the large loan from Tether to keep the show going, is that like often the decision to begin committing fraud is because you're in a situation where for whatever reason you don't have the cash, the asset, the whatever that you expected to, and you think you're going to be able to take this one one little time action, just this one time, we're going to do this, we're going to get through it in next quarter, don't worry, it'll be fixed, things will be back on track, and then problem will be solved. However, that's not normally how it goes. Once you take that first step, for most people, the analysis of white collar fraud says you're going to continue to take more steps. And so often. If you are insolvent, bankruptcy is not the worst option. Bankruptcy is your chance to negotiate with the people that you owe money to and try to find a fair and equitable solution for everyone involved. Often the actions taken to avoid that are materially worse.
0: I I also want to mention this is not just been this is not the only news story going on right now. The government announced that last year they seized 51,000 plus Bitcoin, which your size is not size, that's size. Um, And that they had basically that this gentleman had stupidly called the police to report a burglary and said they stole a lot of Bitcoin. And so the IRS decided to investigate him. And lo and behold, he had stolen these 51,000 plus Bitcoin from the Silk Road in 2012 over a decade or almost a decade ago at the time of his seizure and arrest. But people are talking about this because ultimately, what do you think is going to happen with those Bitcoin? They're going to get auctioned off. The U.S. government is going to auction those 51,000 plus Bitcoin off and like tim i said Tim gonna buy them right it'll be tim again i'm sure i don't even know how much money he has left anyway more than um, he should <laughs> anyway when that happens it's gonna it's gonna be um a sight to behold uh it will probably in some way we'll see how or if but i mean it's not a good thing for price action i assume they weren't gonna sell it on exchanges so you know it'll be an auction it'll be essentially an otc sale but still it's it, it's an insane amount of money it's over a, valued at over a billion right now
1: well yeah and so you've got those uh i think it's likely that heather morgan and uh dutch are likely going to plead guilty so eventually those bitfinex coins could hit the market too and someday someday mount gox is going to finish returning coins to creditors right like that's been years at some point they actually have to send those coins out don't know when that's going to happen but these coins will eventually return to the market yeah um yeah and, and you're right this isn't even the only wild news like there was uh the sec won a case against the library token finding it's a security and finding that like Basically, if you keep some of your pre-mine for yourself, then anyone who buys it has a reasonable expectation that there's a expectation of profit because that's why you're keeping it, which is like a potentially massively large like decision that puts a lot more cryptocurrencies in the SEC's crosshairs, which gets back to why I think it's important that like the friendly face to regulators is now being bought out by the least friendly face to regulators because now regulators might go,
0: oh, okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, who, as as someone stated, it's not even clear who owns Binance. I mean this is it's no one knows where it's located, who owns it, what's going on with it. So it is a uh shadowy organization, let's say. Um and nobody nobody is clear what's going on with it. Not the best for that to be the number one liquidity provider and exchange in the cryptocurrency industry. Um
1: this this has been a crazy couple of days. I think we've hit most of the uh important notes in terms of like what effect this is going to have but uh don't piss off cz like a month ago sam tweeted at cz saying yeah but at least i'm allowed in dc and uh a month later cz owns him
0: <laughs> it is wild it is a wild uh turn of events as you said a few weeks ago nobody could have seen this company coming um and uh yeah i'm Grateful that people wanted to hear us chat about it for a while. Um, I suspect there's a lot more to this story. The story isn't over yet. We're going to be dealing with this in the weeks and months to come. And I don't make price predictions, but down only feels very real right now, doesn't it?
1: I I also don't make price predictions, but I also sleep comfortably knowing I have no exposure to cryptocurrencies.
0: <laughs> yeah, free alpha, treasurydirect.gov right the uh, the opposite but anyway get,
1: get get some inflation adjusted bonds those things are awesome right now <laughs>
0: <laughs> not financial advice not financial advice thank you thank I you I just not lawyers, personally not financial love advice. them <laughs> i just personally love the bonds i yeah i think that i think that kind of covers it it's been it's been wild i appreciate everybody joining us to hear us discuss this um I guess if if there are any questions that we missed or something, maybe we can address them on our Twitter or something like that. I I, haven't, I still haven't checked the YouTube. I'm I'm just here. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Thanks, everyone.